You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Delicious friends, and welcome to Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class, with me, your host, Katie Charlewood, history harlot and reader of books. It has been a busy week for me. You know how it is, offending evangelicals. Apparently, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is quote scripture, as it turns out. Now, I'm not even a big fan of the Bible. However, I'm not going to let all those years of Sunday school go to waste. No. I also didn't take theology for a little while for absolutely no reason. It is exactly for arguments like this. But anyway, caused a bit of a scene on the old internet, especially on Instagram. People were getting very riled up on Instagram to the point where they're making insane statements. And I say that. As someone who is not the most coherent person in the world on occasion, like, it is beyond ridiculous. It's like they've circumvented the world and gone up their own arses. I just don't, mmm, get them. It's fine. I mean, I do, I understand why. It's because they're um self-righteous and self-obsessed. But the point is, caused a wee bit of a scene. So naturally, I decided I was going to talk about something completely non-controversial in this week's episode. Testicles. Because that's just how I roll. I feel like, why not discuss it? Also, I thought we needed a bit of a palate cleanser after dealing of two weeks of, you know, a woman having to deal with shit. So I thought, yeah, let's talk about this. But before I get into that, if you are in Dublin this weekend for the Bank Holiday Weekend for St. Bridget, you know, uh, come see me live. Um, I'm being opened. Wait. My show is being opened uh, by Blind Burka. Uh, she's so funny and gorgeous and funny. And did I mention gorgeous? Because she's also gorgeous and funny. She's amazing. So she's going to be opening for me and I'm very excited because I had the fabulous Ali O'Rourke open my first uh, sort of baby's first comedy gig or baby's first live show. I mean, I think I'm funny. Uh it's okay. Some other people thought I was funny. It was nice. It was a good time. But you should totally come see because I am talking about a demon of a woman and I love her. I love her so much. So it's so good. I'm so excited for this show, the live show. And uh, I've actually put things on the Patreon again. I need to figure out what I have done with the merch for one of the one of the, the tiers, I've got to fix the merch because I only put a mug on it, and I think I need to put other things on it. I was working on different artwork, but I have made a new riding bike face <laughs> merch, <laughs> and um, I don't know whether to get stuff done for the live shows, and I want to get pens done, and there's a few things I want to do, but like I don't know what you want like stickers I love stickers and I'd love to get some artists to work on some prints but I guess we'll see where this goes and I'd love to make it but I just need to figure out what I'm doing with that but yeah but on Patreon back to Patreon is I've actually started 
or it's starting this Thursday, the Who Done It What Now series, where I read you a chapter a night for your bedtime story. And so that starts Thursday. But yes, Saturday, 3rd of February, I've got a live show, come see me. And other stuff's gonna start popping up, so just watch this space. But I know what you're thinking, you're thinking, Katie. Just quit your jibber-jabber and fact me. In fact, you I will, but first, we've got to get our source on. And our sources are, and you're going to be shocked at this because they're proper legit oldie time sources. The Beckham County Democrat. These are all old timey newspapers, by the way. You see the effort I go to? I read so many old timey newspapers. And that is not an easy font. Like, I gotta, I gotta zoom in and then the clarity gets weird. I'm just saying. Anyway, we also have The Independent, The Texahoma Times, The Selena Daily Union, The Buffalo Morning Express, The Cincinnati Inquirer, The Fort Worth Star-Telegram, The American Journal of Medical Science, and Brun Sicard. Selected Contributions of a 19th Century Neuroscientist by Michael J. Aminoff. Are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then let's begin. So let me take you back, if you don't mind, to the 1920s, the roaring 20s, if you will, and we are in Chicago, Illinois, United States of America. I don't know why I felt the need to add the USA, as if you wouldn't be aware we're in the USA, but that's where we're at. We're in the US, in Chicago, in the Roaring Twenties. Again, don't know why I repeated that, but here we are. It's fine. Shh, it's okay. So yes, we have gangsters. We've got Al Capone. We've got the other ones. We've got sex cells everywhere. We've got flappers showing up. Women are showing their knees. Ooh, shocking. Bright young things are in the UK, so I don't know why I felt the need to bring them up. But people are breaking away from the sort of Victorian era, and you've got prohibition, you've got booze running, and you've just got a sort of pressure cooker of criminality. But the crime we shall be discussing this evening is not bootlegging or gun running, or shootouts, or illegal burlesque shows. Oh no, something far more abhorrent. That's right, we are talking about gland larceny. Gland larceny, I hear you say. What is that? Well, um, gland piracy, you may even call it. Uh, you may even call it a family jewel heist. I regret nothing, okay? Y'all know I love a heist. Yes, we are talking about stealing testicles. Testicle theft. Ball grabbing. <laughs> I can't give a straight face, this is so funny. So that is where we're at right now. That is it. We are talking about Sparkling balls and grabbing gonads and so many dirty puns. It's just nuts. That's all I'm saying. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Okay, so let me take you back to the summer of 1922 when a man is found unresponsive in a doorway. Effectively, a passerby, a good citizen, a good Samaritan, if you will, is going past and he notices that this man is just crumpled, lying in this doorway in the corner of, I think it's Adam Street and Ranch Avenue. So the passerby, he tries to wake him up. He tries to, you know, you know, bring him to the land of the living and residents in the area, like, they notice what's happening and they try and wake him up too. But the dude is fully on unconscious and it's clear that he is, you know, under the influence of something that he's at the very least doped up, you know, he's drugged up. 
because if he smelt of booze, like that's something they would have noticed. I mean, you you notice now if someone's been on a bender and they haven't had a wash, like you can smell it. And let's face it, the alcohol they were consuming at this time period, they they would have not been the cleanest of options. You're you're talking bathtub gin and you know, illegal whiskeys and whatnot, you're, you're not talking high-class booze here. Like, even whiskey. Like, you drink whiskey, you're smelling that the next day if you've had enough of it. And if you're at the point where you're, you know, unconsciously drunk, you're gonna be just inhaling that. It will burn the nostrils, you know? So clearly, not drunk. And the residents, they're like, okay, we need to get this man to a hospital. And so they do. They take him out to the county hospital and these interns take a look at him. And as they are going over his body, these surgical interns swiftly, uh, very swiftly realise that the testes are missing. The gonads are gone. The scrotum is saggy. I mean, it's already saggy, it's a scrotum, but the scrotal sac is empty. So, the testicle, well, test testes, one testicle, two testes. I'm fairly certain that's correct. So, they have been removed from the scrotal sac, and it was stitched up in an expert fashion. Because here's the thing, if you're removing somebody's ghoulies, from the body and they are alive what you have to do is you have to make sure that you don't like slice up an artery which is very easy to do because you need to have a certain level of surgical skill in order to burgle the balls without severing the testicular artery massive artery right in the groin don't want to be cutting into that mm -mm. And Henry Johnson is informed of this when he wakes up. And he's also questioned because, you know, somebody shows up with, you know, body parts missing. Generally, questions are asked. So the last thing that Johnson, again, no pun intended, the last thing he remembers was going out drinking with a friend during Prohibition, so he, he had a wee snifter, you know, and he gets on a streetcar and then everything goes black. Next thing he knows, he's awake in the hospital. So this happens and, well, Henry Johnson, he ends up, you know, making sure that he's all healed. And after this, he goes back to living with his sister. So he lives with his sister Beryl, which is a name I love so much because it's just, I mean, it's from the comic Beryl the Peril, which is one thing from the Beano. Was it Beano? Or was it the Dandy? Many of the Minx, Beryl the Peril. Yeah, from one of them. Anyway, he lives with his sister Beryl and basically has to go back to her uh, with no... I don't know why that's relevant, whether his sister knows he has nuts or not. Bleh, maybe. But yeah, leaves, go home, and does nothing. No report. He was too embarrassed about it to tell the police. And I can understand that. I feel like having your testicles cut out of your body. Uh, one of the main things which is stated as manhood, you know, Hey, I got castrated is not a fun thing to go and tell the cops, I don't think. And so, yeah, he's embarrassed. He doesn't tell anybody, doesn't report the incident. He just goes back to work and back to life with his sister, Beryl. Until an article hits the paper four months later. An article that stated a warning for men. Gland pirates are after your gullies. In October 1922, a man wakes up in a vacant lot, 
This man is 34-year-old Polish ex-beat labourer Joseph Wozniak. Now, I read pieces here and there that were calling him a beat farmer, but no, he was a beat labourer and he'd only recently moved to Chicago. So he wakes up in this empty plot and he has a weird taste in his mouth. Now, he thinks it's either chloroform or ether because he has clearly before somehow consumed chloroform or ether. Now, I feel like this is after the period where this was common, you know, because it was very big in the Victorian era. But, you know, he's kind of coming out that side of it. I say Victorian, I know that relates to the UK. I'm aware. The, 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 the. I know. But he's, I mean, if he was Polish. If he was Polish. See, here's the thing. It does not state whether he was Polish and then emigrated to the States or whether he lived in the States and then just moved to Chicago. Like, that specific information isn't there. But yeah, Joseph Wozniak, he wakes up again in this empty space and has a weird taste in his mouth. A weird chemical taste. And not only that, he has a pounding headache. Like, his head is aching like he's had the worst hangover in his life. And he is kind of out of it. He's disorientated. Um, the term he uses specifically is befuddled. He's befuddled. And so what he does is he manages somehow to sort of stumble, stagger home. And he gets there. But he is not doing well. The pain in his head is subsiding. But the pain in his groin is increasing exponentially throughout the day. Now, I know people say that the, you know, reasonable level of pain someone should have is zero. Now, as someone with chronic pain, I don't know if that is correct. Because uh, there's, there's a level of pain one can manage, like generally, that they are accustomed to on a daily basis. Hmm? No? Okay then. But yeah, he is getting pain down in his crotchal area and it is getting worse. So eventually the pain is excruciating to the point that he simply cannot handle it anymore. And he does what men never do, which is takes himself to a doctor. It's a joke. It's a joke. Chill out. So yeah, he, he goes to Dr. Sampolinski at a hospital and Dr. Sampolinski is, um, yeah, taking a look over, obviously looking at the affected area and again, quite apparent, his testicles are gone. Wozniak's testicles, not Dr. Sampolinski. It was then the doctor that reported this case to the police before Wozniak himself was questioned and then ends up giving an interview to the press. So what Joseph Wozniak says, the ex-beet farmer, lettuce, turnip, the beet. This is so bad. So the ex-beet farmer, and he tries to recollect his memories from the day before. And he remembers that he had gone out drinking with his friend Kuchiniski. They'd gone out for a few babies down Milwaukee Avenue. Just a wee tipple during Prohibition. Pop by a wee speakeasy, innit? Goes for a couple drinks. And then he decides he's had enough. He's being sensible. He needs to go home. And so he leaves his pal. And off he goes to hail a cab. And as he's walking along the street, trying to find a taxi to flag down, an automobile, a vehicle, a car, pulls up beside him and four men leap out. They chuck a bag over his head and they drag him into the car. So they pull him into the vehicle. It is at this point that he loses consciousness. 
and this is where they believe that he got chloroformed, right? And the next thing he knows, he's waking up in this fucking vacant lot. Naturally, people have theories about this. And by theories, I mean big weird ideas. So they go over him and again, there's no um, like lacerations in the testicular artery. Like, this is surgical skill. This is somebody who clearly knows what they're doing. And the newspapers and the cops, they're like, this is clearly some old wretched dude, this pale and stale male who's harvesting testes. Ah, craving the testicles to add to his own saggy ball sack so that he can then become more virile. Ooh. And so the newspapers are just like, gland larceny, gland pirates, you know, wretched men are trying to steal your balls, so on and so forth. And they were just sort of pushing the idea that this was going to lead to like a spate of just testicle theft, of ghoulie grabbing, and that no one was safe. No one. And so, like, all of these people are running with it. It's like it's snowballing, and they're like, you know, this is gangs that are doing it. This is, you know, a weird, you know, secret cult run by the elite, so on and so forth. So this story is everywhere. It is big news. And so when Henry Johnson sees this, he then comes forward and reports the crime to the police. So he comes forward, tells them about it, and it becomes clear to, you know, reporters and cops alike that not only are these two cases linked, but they are so specific and so similar that they are probably done by the same surgeon because in order to have that particular level of skill, like, to have more than one person in that area do that exact same thing doesn't really seem that likely. So when news hits that Johnson was also a victim of this particular type of assault, another person comes forward. Now, unlike Wozniak and Johnson, this fella does not want his name out there. But another report, similar incident, out drinking, wakes up, bolus. Just, it was getting to the point that it wasn't even just in, like, Chicago newspapers anymore. It was out in Texacoma, it was out in North Carolina, and they were just warning people that this crime could spread across America. They're warning people against testicle thieves. People were panicking. People apart from Wozniak's wife. Oh my god, I forgot to mention that Wozniak was also like a World War One vet. Like he was a veteran of the First World War. And then he was a beat labourer. Or was he a beat labourer? And then, either way, did that, moved to Chicago, and currently was not in gainful employment. He was unemployed, actually. Is the, Yeah, didn't have a job. And so his wife's like, I bet he just sold his gonads for a quick buck because he needed the money. Like, initially, that's what she's saying. And then when these other two fellas come forward, she's like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Clearly, things were not going well in, you know, the marriage household of the Wozniaks. Things were not tip-top. Buy her some flowers, man. Be nice. Maybe, maybe she was just blaming him for being assaulted which is a, a thing that a lot of people do to victims actually and not cool uh but yeah she is just kind of mm, at least at the beginning and then but you know what um you know who's not chill with the situation the entire chicago medical community like they are pissed you know they're like one of us is doing this one of us one of us one of us, like one surgeon, one of our esteemed colleagues is out there 
trafficking organs? Like, that's a thing? Oh, no, 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 no. Fuck that for a game of soldiers. And so they vow to seek out and stop whomever is out here pinching privates. So the Chicago Medical Society, they're working with police. And Dr. Hugh McKenchney, he's chatting away to one of the captains who's like, yeah, what we're going to do is if we find a surgeon and we end up, we'll charge any surgeon and parties affiliated with them who are committing gland banditry, they will be charged with mayhem. You know, which would um, mean being in prison for 14 years. But it doesn't stop there. So there's this um, politician, Representative Thomas O'Grady. And so he comes forward and he's like, Illinois, here's what I'm going to do. I propose that, you know, anyone out there, neck and nuts, they should... uh, Yeah, he wants to make gland larceny a capital crime. Anyone convicted of nick of the nuts, burglar in the balls. Oh God, there isn't a theory word that begins with G. Grabbing the gonads. It's all I've got. It's all I've got. Okay, so anybody who is, you know, convicted of that, it's a capital crime. And the punishment for a capital crime is, you know, death to the electric chair with you um, are they past hanging at that point i don't remember but yeah to this and that's what happens that's what doesn't happen like but that's proposed because of course it is because men in chicago are starting to panic unsurprisingly things seem to calm down for a while and we don't really hear much of anything until november the following year so it is 19 19- 23. And Charles Ream, a taxi driver, he's just going about his day, just chilling out. And then he is grabbed by a couple of men on the street. So he's just walking down the street, he's grabbed by men and pulled into a car. He is then chloroformed and he wakes up at a deserted prairie near 92nd street so again like a vacant lot and it's here where this sort of operation is performed now less than 24 hours later another man john powell is attacked judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Now, his attack's a little bit different because he basically fights them off. And so he fights them off and things get a bit wild. And he ends up just mutilated. Like, they don't manage to actually abscond. But the test is, like, he's still got 
at all going down there. They're just, just not as aesthetically pleasing as they once were. So naturally, police are confused and they are looking for answers. Like, why would someone steal testicles? What is the purpose? Why would you nick the nuts? Like, what is the point of it? And, well, th basically, there's this whole thing called, well, testicular rejuvenation, right? But first, let us go slightly further into the past to Charles-Edouard Brun Sicard, who I'm just going to call Brun Sicard for the rest of this. So he is a French physiologist. I know you're thinking French with that accent, Kitty. Listen, it's been a long day. He believed that semen, that sperm, was the key to the Lazarus pit, right? That he thought sperm was the goo inside the Lazarus pit, you know what I mean? And that it was the key ingredient of the recipe that brought you the fountain of youth. So based on this, Brun Sicard believed that doctors could add semen to a man's body in order to reverse aging. And so he has this theory and what he starts doing is he starts injecting sperm into himself. Like it's this mixture of sperm, blood and quote, I want you to know this is a direct quote, juice extracted from the testicles of dogs and guinea pigs. Now, I should warn you that Prunzegard was 72 at this point, and he's telling everybody that I am a new man, or I am a new man, or um, better than that, because probably in French, je suis un homme nouveau, 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 homme nouveau, oui, ne, anyway, so he ends up getting this report published, his experiments. They're published in The Lancet, which is a British medical journal. And it is the shit. Like, it is legit the shit. You know, it's the place where you want to have your articles published. Like, this is a very serious medical journal. Like, they don't just publish anything in The Lancet. Like, it, it's, it's a pretty big deal to be in it. And so, this gets published, and so all these other sort of doctors start injecting themselves with weird semen concoctions. And, um, just, what is that? I'm just injecting myself with the baby gravy. What? I mean, I'm sure this seems like very valid science at the time, but ew. <laughs> the technical term is ew. So, it's then a Russian doctor, Serge Voronov, who is at the College de France, he ends up taking this research and really starts leaning into testes-based rejuvenation in order to create this Lazarus pit juice, right? So, but instead of taking, you know, the sperm of guinea pigs and dogs, like, mm, instead of taking mammal bull juice, I'm just gonna take chimpanzee ghoulies, monkey nuts, if you will. I know chimpanzees are not monkeys. I am aware that they are, you know, closer to the ape family. I don't care. It's a joke. <laughs> In case someone wants to correct me, I don't care. Um, I really appreciate making a monkey nut joke in this because I love monkey nuts. Like the actual food, like the ones you get in Burkina Faso. Um, which was, which was its main export for many years. I don't know if it still is, but it was. 
It's the only fact I know about Burkina Faso, except for the fact that it's suffering like a mass desertification. Like that's stuck in my head forever, forever. So yeah, Serge Veronov, he is cutting out chimpanzee gonads and then sewing them into his own body because the Russians never do anything by halves, do they? No. By the time 1914 rolls around, we have Dr. Frank Ludston, who just has to up the ante, doesn't he? He does. And instead of using chimpanzees or dogs or whatever, he finds a cadaver. So he gets a dead body and he takes the human balls. Like, I don't know how else to put it. He takes the human scrotum. Cuts it open, takes the testes out um, of the deceased, removes the deceased man's balls, and then cuts himself open and sews those balls in. So, like, he adds them to his ball. He is double stuffing this Oreo, is what he's doing. And, um, yeah, yeah. Now, Ludston, uh, he, he doesn't turn out too well with this, um, because a lot of the time, uh, the testes, the testicles, they have to be removed due to infection. Is it one testes and two testicles? God, I don't remember. Someone gonna have to clarify that for me. So yeah, eight days after his own operation, Ludston, Doctor Ludston, the urologist, he realizes that he's in a fuck ton of pain. So yeah, he is suddenly very aware that he has a foreign body in his body, and he now has seminiferous tubules. And so, he decides he has to remove the extra ball, right? He doesn't manage to get all of it out, right? He did a self-transplant, but he can't do a self-removal. He only gets about half of one. So, basically, ends up having, what's it now... A smaller size, I think initially he said it was the size of an almond, and then the size of a hazelnut. Now, when Lidston, like, adds the ball, it's so weird to say, I'm sorry, it is though. So once he has that inside himself, uh, he is just ranting and raving about how he has improved reflex erections. Now, it's it's unlikely that this itself has caused, you know, the erection. It's more like he he manifested it. It's just I think therefore I am positive thinking, mind over matter scenario. But yeah, not a not a huge load of improvement. So after this, we have John Brinkley who uh, ends up being known as the goat clan doctor because he would just be sewing just like billy goat balls into people and being like, yeah, now your dick works. So there was a doctor like this in Chicago at the time, Dr. Lesbinas. Dr. Lesbinas, who, in a crazy random happenstance, always seemed to be having testicle surgery just around about the time these men were attacked which is one of the reasons why the story of like rich men are out seeking your balls and i think there was one story that a hundred thousand dollars like a hundred thousand dollars and then money that's crazy money now like they are paying a hundred thousand dollars for someone to steal your balls like mm. but yeah 
do you think Lesbianas is just the man behind the surgeries? But Lesbianas, he is not having it. He is just adamantly stating that men, poor men, impoverished men, men in need of cash, are lining up outside of surgery to sell, you know, the contents of their scrotum to him in exchange for a quick buck. Because, you know, people are poor as shit. And, you know, men are very willing to sell that. Now, here's the thing. Um, you can convince me of a lot of things because people do a lot of weird shit. Especially in the past. Like, as a general rule, weird stuff happens. But, if you're trying to tell me that manly men, men of Chicago, just blue-collar dudes. You're trying to tell me that they are willingly giving up part of their sex organs? Like, willingly? You think that's a thing? You think that's a situation that's going to be occurring to the point that they're lining up? No. No. Ask men nowadays if they'll do it. Most of them will say no. Like, no one's willing to just lose their testicles. Like, that's not a general consideration for probably about 98% of the population. So, to assume that there's rows of people, just like people are waiting for a ride at Disneyland, take my scrotum juice. Take my balls. Give you my gullies. No. No. That's not happening. But the police, the Chicago PD, they really, really like Lesbianas for this. And they even question Lesbianas' last patient, Henry Berichter. So, Berichter, he is a candy baron. Yes. Willy Wonka with extra nuts, or lack of nuts, as the case may be. So yeah, Henry Berichter, he's 48 years old, and he is the president of the Park Avenue Confectionery Company of St. Louis. And so he had gone for a rejuvenation operation the day after Charles Ream had been attacked. So Berichter, he gets questioned, but luckily they prove that he's got nothing to do with it. Um, He had been married and divorced about like four years previous and he was looking to, you know, just work his way up and get his way through the ladies, you know, just live that life. So um, he was under advisement for a gland operation because something's not working down there, effectively. And He's just basically going, I don't know where the ball came from. The gland was put inside me. I don't know its origin. Nothing to do with me. I paid my $400 to have this operation. Everything's fine. So, in today's money, that's like 7000 for for the op. Which, you know, inflation-wise, that's not actually that bad. When you think about it. But yeah. And... Of course you've got him going, I don't know where it came from. And Lesbianas is like, Cues of men are outside the hospital. I could purchase their glands for five dollars. Five bucks. Like four. If he's negotiating properly, if he's haggling. But yeah, that's... That's him. And Charles Ream, the man who was attacked, he is clearly suffering. Like He is suffering trauma from this whole situation and he shows up in the crime of the century and I know you're thinking what crime of the century because there seems to be a couple of these you're not wrong so in 1924 a case comes to court in Chicago and it is of two rich as fuck students from University of Chicago and these are Richard Loeb and Nathan Leopold Jr otherwise known as Leopold and Loeb. And what they had done was, effectively, 
long story short, kidnapped and murdered a young boy, right? They kill a kid. And so Charles Realm, he is convinced that Leopold and Loeb are two of the men that attacked him and stole the contents of his scrotum, right? So he's out telling, like, newspapers and radio, and he shows up at the court. So, like, they're having a big court case for, you know, murder. And he stands up and points over to Leopold or Loeb. Leopold, that's it, Leopold. And he points at him and he's like, that's him. You know, he's the same like height, he's the same width, he has the same cut of clothes. So rich. He's an average sized rich dude. And he has the same eyes. And the court are like, no, no. Like, he ends up being, um, how do I put it? Not in contempt of court, but he's warned, right? So, Leopold and Loeb, they're tried and convicted for murdering Bobby Franks, who's 14, but they they don't get brought into sort of the gland larceny situation, probably because it's unlikely that they were involved in this specific issue, but they were charged for murder, so we can at least appreciate that. So, back to... Doctors were performing them in prisons, at least one that there were records of. Otherwise, it's kind of, hmm, hmm, wishy-washy. But chances are, if they're doing it in one, they're doing it in more than one. So in Sing Sing, there's a prisoner, and they remove his ghoulies, and they put them, they perform an operation, and insert them into the scrotal sack of another inmate who just so happens to be a dirty cop. Like, it was a way of them getting around medical stuff at the time because it was kind of like a not done thing. Yeah, and then after this, people were just putting goat testicles in. It became like a really big thing, goat testicles. And they're like, it did things. It did not. But this is kind of like the last time we really hear about sort of testicular rejuvenation and other things. It just kind of starts fading into obscurity. And you've got like other stuff is happening in Chicago because it's like the big crime scene. You've got like mobsters and gangsters and, you know, moles and just roaring twenties shenanigans happening like it's a bustling city and things are going on and they are overtaking the newspapers and stories like this just fade away but it's one of those things that you don't really see men focus on like anti-aging stuff except when it's relation to their virility when it's about their gonads, their penis, like, when it's about that, and that's when they seem to care. Like, I, I don't, I don't know any men that are worried about anti-aging wrinkles and moisturiser. I mean, I guess some are now, but, you know, not, is it a thing? Are men, like, really worried about wrinkles? Are men getting Botox? Maybe men are getting Botox. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, we don't know who was out nicking testicles. We don't know what happened to some of them. Um, and um, chances are, probably not the best idea. Um, I think as well the plan, as far as endocrinologists go, right, was that this balls, I keep wanting to call them the scrotum, but like the balls would be absorbed into the body, like the hormones would be absorbed into the body and therefore make them more virile. You know, I think because Asian doctors had been doing sort of gland transplants when it came to the thyroid and it was working like pretty well. And so 
Dilchris all this and ran with it instead of paying attention to what was actually happening. But yeah, um, the Chicago testicle thieves. Da 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 da. Doesn't have a nice tied up bow ending, but I thought this was something you needed to know. Imagine though, imagine being part of a gang and their whole thing is, okay, so you're going to go steal this guy. We're going to shake him down. We're going to rob him. We're going to put him in a ditch. No, you're going to drug him so I can steal his testicles. I'm sorry, what boss? We need his nuts. Okay, got to grab his ghoulies. Right, gonads will be gone. His cojones will go. I don't. I don't have anything for that. I'm done. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> Aloni. His cojones will be Aloni. That's it. That's that's the best I've got today. I'm sorry, lads. I'm so sorry. Um, clearly my voice is starting to go. But that is everything for today. That is the story of the Chicago Testicle Thieves, the Gland Pirates. And yeah, uh, if you want to rate and review five stars, that'd be amazing. Um, Patreon's got some more stuff on it. And uh, yeah, um, come see my show in Dublin. Oh, recommendation time. Okay, for watching, I'm going to go with Agatha Raisin and the Quiche of Death. It's a cozy mystery. It's comforting. And I love it. Um, I'm going to suggest you listen to the audiobook of The Woman and Me. Because Michelle Williams, absolute perfection. And for reading. Okay, let's go for another woman, shall we? Hood Feminism by Nikki Kendall. Go forth and have fun. And with that, I shall bid you good night. Adios, au revoir, au revoir, my friends. Bye bye.